This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin was salatu was salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma anfa'na bima 'allamtana waj'alna lil muttaqina imama. Allahumma barik li ahli hadhihi hadhal balad wa waffiqhum lima tuhibbu wa tardah. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May I begin by saying that it is a pleasure for me to be your guest today. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you forgiveness and success in all your endeavors, your children, your family. It is a very moment for me to be here in this blessed land. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it among the successful and among the lands which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. Brothers and sisters in Islam, the topic which has been chosen for me is the Prophet sallallahu last days. There is no justice that I can make for this topic in this short time. And no words are enough to describe how valuable and how emotional these last days of the Prophet ﷺ were. There is no man that exists on the face of the earth, no human, no creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whose last days are more moving, more important, more valuable than the last days of the best creature on the face of the earth, Rasul Muhammad sahib al wal al-azwar. Brothers and sisters in Islam, The Messenger of Allah who came to the all of mankind, to all people, the final of his messengers, the one with whom his death meant that it will mark the last time any wahi, any inspiration will come down onto earth. No more Quran, no more ayat, no more revelations, no more wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jibreel alayhi salam's mission was going to cease at the death of this final messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From Sirat ibn Hisham extracted from the great scholar and historian Ibn Ishaq I'm sure that you have all heard of them and also from the famous book Ar-Rahiq al-Makhtum the sealed nectar by Al-Imam Al-Mubarak Furi Rahmatullahi Alayh, who passed away a few years ago in India. One of the most renowned books of the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, coupled with the seerah of Ibn Hisham and Ibn Ishaq, I bring to you the final days of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, narrated authentically from the Sihah, the Ahadith which are authentic, and from these books, these great scholars. Brothers and sisters in Islam, on the 12th month, in the 10th year of Al-Hijrah, the Prophet wasallam delivered his last sermon in public to the largest amount of people in Mecca al-Mukarramah 
called the farewell pilgrimage, Khutbatul Wada'. And I wonder what the Prophet ﷺ is going to address the people in this final important sermon to the public. It is a long sermon and I'm sure that you know most of it. But to highlight the most important parts of it, Rasul ﷺ began after praising Allah and sending his prayers and blessings unto his messenger. The Prophet ﷺ said to them, Behold, learn these words that I'm going to tell you and pass them on to those who are absent. Those of you who are here today, pass them on to those who will come later. Those who will come later are us. And I'm going to come to that, inshallah, in a bit more detail later on. The Prophet ﷺ commanded them to lend him a very attentive ear and told them that they are not to practice shirk ever again and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden shirk to enter into the land of the Arabs Mecca and Medina and its surroundings and he also said that Iblis has given up on causing people in these lands to make shirk as a whole, as a nation but it is the minor sins that Iblis or the shaitan will continue to do to whisper into the hearts of Muslims. And the Prophet ﷺ warned us of these minor sins from taking them for granted. For he said, the majority of my ummah that enters hellfire, temporarily, it is because of this thing called muhaqqirat al-dhunub. He is very careful and caring about us. That he is explaining to us, do not take minor sins for granted. At least feel guilty about them. And your salawat wipe them away, yes. But don't feel as if they are something normal for you. It doesn't matter. Then he advised us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to worship Allah and obey His Messenger. He said that I have left you on a clear white page. Its night is as clear as its day. No one will err off it except those who are soon to destruction. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then addressed us in the form or the advice of Abandoning nationalism and racism. Our different colors, our different backgrounds, our different genders. He said, the attribute of jahiliyyah in relation to tribalism and nationalism is long gone for me and I have placed it underneath my feet today. He said this in the Holy Land, in the sacred month, in the time of Hajj. He said, leave it for it stinks. It's a stinking carcass and I have placed it beneath my feet. So do not come back after me, striking each other's necks. And this, is, this has many meanings, striking each other's necks physically, fighting one another, and also backbiting one another, slandering each other, accusing each other, attacking each other verbally or physically, or cheating each other. For he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in his final sermon, you are... One ummah, brothers and sisters in Islam. You are all like the teeth of one comb. And for a Muslim, towards another Muslim is like one body. If one part of their body is ill and is complaining of pain, the other one, the rest of the body stays up during the night, throughout the night unable to sleep, full of fever and heat. These are among the primary 
advices that Rasul gave us. Do you know why? A person may ask, why is this so important? Because, do you remember the state of Islam could not flourish until Rasul broke the enmity between the Muslims and made them brothers and sisters. He called it Al-Mu'akhat in Medina. And then he named us a very special name. You are an Ummah. For the first time, someone, a nation has been called Ummah. Do you know where Ummah is derived from, my brothers and sisters? In Arabic, the terminology Ummah is not... There is a word before, just before it called Umm. You all know what Umm means, right? Mother. But the word Umm is even derived from another word before it. Amma or Amma. Ammin al-Bayt al-Haram. Which means when you make a center of attention or an objective before yourself. And when a mother gives birth to its child, to her child, all the center of attention is on the mother, right? And when the child is born, the child, the baby is looking for its mother. The whole world stops because the mother has given birth. So she was called Umm. And you, my brothers and sisters, were called by the Prophet ﷺ, Ummah, Muhammad It means that you might as well be from one mother. We are like, truly, like from one mother. And so we should treat each other as such. The Prophet ﷺ went on advising more advice. He said to the men, look after your women. Care for your women. Do not oppress your women. Be dutiful towards them. And you will know the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The best among you men is the one best to his wife. And I am the best among you to my wife. Why is the Rasul ﷺ giving these strict advices in his last sermon? Yet today we find many Muslims not taking them as a very serious matter. Because after being one ummah and adhering as one unity, he knows that our generations and our children and our ummah generation after generation cannot flourish, cannot be leaders without looking after the most important educational institution that exists for them and she is their mother. For she spends most of the time with them. And subhanallah, between you and I, I find that my daughter and son, my children, they learn from their mother quicker than what they learn from me. I think you can agree with me. There's something about the voice of the mother. She says a few words and they've memorized it, mashallah. There's something about them. And men complain that women talk a lot. Is that not right? When they talk a lot, it's because they give a lot of detail, explanation to children who also talk a lot. This is a positive thing, actually. We should not look at it as a negative thing. For Rasul took so much importance about caring and nurturing this mother. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created her from you and she is an amana. When Allah created her from the rib of Adam alayhi salam, Adam alayhi salam became incomplete. And he finds his completeness with his wife. And his wife finds her completeness with her husband. We found our, find our completeness with our mothers, with our daughters, with our sisters, and they find their completeness with their fathers, brothers, sons, and husbands. If we don't do that, then we can never prosper as an ummah at all. The other important advice that Rasul told us is about riba in his final sermon. Why? Why such you know, simple matters to us today? But they were so huge that the Prophet ﷺ needed to leave it with us as a bequest. 
Riba is it not the result of most of our countries today, third world countries, dying of hunger and starvation, poverty and oppression is the result not primarily because of usury and interest? Yes, it is. And the leading money makers are the capitalists and they survive and thrive of interest and riba. And when Rasul made brotherhood and sisterhood between the Muhajireen and the Ansar, you remember when he did his hijrah? He had to break one thing very quickly and that is the practice of usury because Bani Qurayza and Bani Nadir and Bani Qaynuqa, the Jewish neighbors of Al-Aws and Khazraj and the other tribes of Medina, they used to charge them interest and this is how they kept the war going. They used to supply them with weapons and when they couldn't pay them off so they used to say, don't worry, you can pay us later with interest. This oppression creates classes of people and hierarchies and creates slavery. But Rasul said, leave it. Usury and riba. Rasul then said again, repeating the brotherhood, saying, behold, the blood, the honor, and the wealth, the property of every Muslim is as sacred as this day of ours, as this month of ours, as this holy city of ours, if not more, even more sacred than the Kaaba itself. The blood, the honor, and the property of the Muslims towards one another. Rasul gave more advices along those lines, but the most highlighted advices are adhering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not making shirk, Brotherhood and sisterhood in Islam, caring for our women, and looking after the honor, the blood, and the wealth of one another. These advices were simple, yet the Muslims today, how far we have gone off track in these matters. We ask Allah to forgive us and to set us straight on the straight path again, and to bring prosperity and leadership to the ones who will inherit this earth in righteousness. Rasul finished his last sermon by pointing his finger upwards and then pointing to the people, saying, Allahumma fashhad, Allahumma inni qad ballaghat fashhad. Oh Allah, bear witness that I have informed them. Bear witness that I have informed them. He kept repeating it several times until the people wept. They felt the strain, the tension. After that, it was not more than about a month. In fact, on the 29th day of Safar, in the 12th year, the 11th year after the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ from Mecca to Medina, Rasul ﷺ had come back before that from a battle. And in that battle, he had eaten some food from Khaybar by a Jewish woman, happened to be, and the food had been poisoned. Rasul felt okay after that. However, the pains of this poison was felt later on about a month in the 11th year of Hijrah in Safa. He went to Al-Baqiyah because he felt himself weak. So where did he go? He went to Al-Baqiyah. Al-Baqiyah is the graveyard, the cemetery of the Muslims. I wonder why Rasul is going to the cemetery. Is it because Rasul knows that his time is coming? Or is it that the Prophet is informing us to remember death 
and to know that this is the reality which everyone shall be brought to, even the most beloved creature to Allah who is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Rasul sallallahu went to Al-Baqiyah and with him was Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and a few other companions. He made extensive long dua for the people of Al-Baqiyah and for the shuhada. And after making the huge long dua, he said, you have beaten us and we will insha'Allah follow very soon. We give you glad tidings of Jannah. And then he said this following word, subhanAllah. I wish the only thing that I will miss is that I didn't get to see my brothers, brothers and sisters. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu was standing there listening to this. And he was confused along with the companions. He said, Ya Rasulullah, awalasna nahnu bi ikhwanik? Are we not your brothers? We're here, we're standing next to you, Ya Rasulullah. What are you saying? Something gone wrong, Ya Rasulullah. And Abu Huraira anhu was moved. He was scared. Think, Ya Rasulullah, you okay? We are your brothers, we're here, we're here. Al Rasul Sallam looked at him and his face was tired and he was slightly sad. He said, Ya Abu Huraira, Antum Ashabi, you are my companions. Ikhwani Alladina Amanu bi walam yarawni. My beloved brothers and sisters are the ones who believed in me. But never had the chance to see me. Lam They have not come yet. I wish only that I could have seen them. Rasul Sallam indirectly is farewelling, but at the same time, the most important thing after meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is us. Did you realize that? Allah says in the Quran. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم there has come to you a prophet, a messenger of God from among yourselves, like you. Not better than you, from you. Any better, yes, as a messenger of Allah, but from you, the likes of you. When something, a hardship befalls you, it is so great upon his chest and heart. He cannot bear it. Harisun alaykum. He is so careful that you don't fall into harm. He is so kind and compassionate and merciful towards the believers. This is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, will you ever be able to see these brethren of yours anyway? Al Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ah, oh, yes, as if I can see it. I will be awaiting for them at the Hawd, at the fountain of Kawthar, on the day of judgment. And I will call them one by one to come and drink from my hand. 
Abu Huraira was confused. He said, Ya Rasulullah, how will you know them when you have never seen them? And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you, let me give you an example of a man who has many horses. Many of them are dark, pitch black in color. And among them there are horses with striped colors, white on their foreheads, white on their nose, on their backs, on their legs, on their tail. Is this person not able to tell the black horses from the ones that are striped very easily? He said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. He said, on the day of judgment it will be so. They will come to me on the day of judgment like this. When everyone else because of their kufr and because of their bad deeds, their bodies and their faces will turn charcoal. These people will come and they have different colors on their bodies. This color is nur. Nur coming out from their faces, coming out from their arms, coming out from their legs. And Abu Huraira asked, where is this nur from, Ya Rasulullah? He said, This is the result of the wudu which they used to make. So make your wudu extra good. Make your wudu extra good. Abu Huraira said, Ever since that day, every time I made wudu, I used to make isbagh. Isbagh means instead of reaching just to the elbow, I'd just wipe a little bit more above. I'd enjoy it. Subhanallah, have you ever made wudu? While you've enjoyed every drop that falls, imagining every drop that falls has a sin on it that is dropping away. Enjoying your wudu like you enjoy ibadah, worship, and not just in performance for salat. Like Bilal radiallahu anhu, when Rasul sallallahu went to Isra al-Ma'raj, and he came back down and said, Ya Bilal, bima sabaktana? What did you beat us in? Meaning, how come I heard you walking in front of me in Jannah, your footsteps? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I don't know. But at every salat I make wudu, and every time I lose it, I make it again. And he said, this is what the reason why I heard your footsteps ahead of me in Jannah. Ahead of him doesn't mean that he is better than the Prophet ﷺ, but he heard his footsteps literally in front of him, meaning in a distance away, he heard Bilal anhu, and he wondered why Bilal anhu has a future in Jannah in such a case. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then felt sicker. This was the month in which he died. And as he was walking down from the Baqiyah back to his house, Rasul sallallahu felt a strong fever hit him like no fever he has ever felt before. It was on a Wednesday. And it was five days before he died, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Around him were some companions. And one of them was Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu anhum. He said, the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I heard him say, that Ibrahim, alayhi salam, said, Rabbi innahunna adlalna kathiran min al-nasi. فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي مِنْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Oh Allah, many of them, of the people who were supposed to follow me about Ibrahim alayhi salam, have lost and gone astray. So whoever follows me is from me. And whoever disobeys you, then you Allah are the most merciful, the forgiving. Then he recited the verse about Isa alayhi salam. إِن تُعَذِّبْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادُكَ Isa said, Oh Allah, if you punish them, then they are your servants. 
وَإِن تَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْكَرِيمُ And if you forgive them, then you are the most honorable and the generous. Then the Prophet ﷺ lifted his arms up after reciting these verses. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As said, Then we heard the Prophet ﷺ say the following words. And as for I, Ya Rabb, as for me, meaning if Ibrahim ﷺ said this in his dua, if Isa ﷺ said that in his dua, then as for me, Ya Rabb, Allahumma ummati, Allahumma ummati, Allahumma ummati. O my Lord, save my nation, save my nation, save my nation. Rasul is farewelling. And the only thing on his mind is his ummah, us. The only thing on his mind are his companions and the generations to come whom he hasn't seen. He is leaving this world. And yet he is so caring for us as though he knows we are going to go astray, we're going to have hardships without him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so he made his famous dua, thumma baka. He said he started to weep and cry until his beard was soaked with tears. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Jibreel, Ya Jibreel, go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him what is making him cry and his Lord knows why. So Jibreel alayhi salam said, Ya Rasulullah, your Lord asks you why you are crying and he knows why. Al Rasul sallam said, Ya Rabb, I want you to save my ummah. I fear for them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Jibreel alayhi salam, Tell him, tell him, Ya Jibreel, that I will make him pleased for his ummah and I will not make him grieve over them. Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. اللهم اجعلنا من امتي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم He said to him I will make him pleased سأرضيه ولا نسوءه We will not make him grieve on the day of judgment He will have الوسيلة the intercession which he has been promised No other prophet will be given it except the Rasul صلى الله عليه وسلم on the day when we will go from Adam to Nuh to Ibrahim to Musa to Isa until finally Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every one of them will refuse. They will say, I have no power today. My Lord is so angry, he's never been angry like this before. Go to the one after me until we reach Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is the day when he will meet us again, inshaAllah, where he will raise his head and say, Ya Rabbi, Allahumma ummati, ummati. That day. When Allah will save his ummah. And he has never given any something like this to any prophet before him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He reached his house, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he called his wives. He said to them, Where do you think I should stay tomorrow? Subhanallah. Rasul sallallahu was married to many women, yes. And there was a wisdom, a great wisdom behind it. Rasul was not a lustful man. He was married to the widows. He was married to the freed slaves. He was married to the divorcees. He was married to women older than him. He was married to these women in order to spread the teachings of Islam to all the tribes and create a relationship with them. At the same time, to teach us how to look after women and that every woman, no matter what status or background she comes from, she has her value for these 
became the mothers of the believers from different backgrounds, each one of them. Again, teaching us that everyone is equal to another and only your piety and righteousness makes you better. And even then, only Allah knows. Never praise yourselves in piety. Allah knows who is most pious. He gathered his wives. And look at the humbleness. Look at the respect he gave them. You see, he had to be equal with each one of them. Each one of them had a knight. He was asking them in the most politeful, respectful manner. And they knew why he was asking. Now look at the respect from his wives. He said to them, he asked, where should I stay tomorrow? And they all understood his love for Aisha radiallahu anha. So they all said with one voice, you may stay at Aisha's house, Ya Rasulullah. Rasul sallam was very happy about that. She was the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anha. And I'll explain to you why such love existed for Aisha on top of that. In a, in a short while, inshallah. So he went to Aisha radiallahu anha while his cousins and his relatives, Ali radiallahu anhu, uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, Al-Fadl ibn Abbas, his other cousin, they were carrying him from his armpits. And his legs sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sort of dragging on the floor. His head was kneeling to one side. He couldn't hold his head up sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أَشَدُّ بَلَاءً الْأَنْبِيَاءِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ The most who are tested in trials of hardship are the prophets. Then the ones who are most like them, and then the ones who come after them, the ones who come after them. He entered, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And they left. Aisha radiallahu anha says, there was no day more beloved to me and happy to me than the day when the Prophet ﷺ and Rasulullah ﷺ came to my house. He placed his head on my chest here, on my sternum, between Nahri, meaning her neck, Wasadri, on my sternum. And he said to me, and I said to him, I said to him, Aisha Dana said, Ya Rasulullah, wa ra'sah, my head. I have a pain in my head. Aisha radiallahu anha used to constantly say this to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's kind of like a dalal, a dala'. Yani some women, they like to tell their husbands that they're ill or they've got a headache because they like their husband to say nice words. Sometimes they need to take it out of us. So she said to him, ya Rasulullah? For the first time in his life, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied without asking her, or making dua for her, he said, This time, Ya Aisha, it is my head. I am feeling extreme pain for in reality. Really. But then he still said, Ya Aisha, however, would you like me to make dua for you? And if you die before me, I will make istighfar for you, and I'll make more dua for you. At that point, Aisha radiallahu anha said, La ya Rasulullah, I don't want to die before you because then you go and marry someone after me. I'd like to be your last wife. So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he smiled. That's how he was sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even at the time of extreme pain. What happens to us when we get painful? 
When we uh, get sick, we get grumpy, we complain. Our Rasul Sallallahu is still monitoring his kindness to these precious pearls, his wives, his ummah, his companions, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, patience is counted at the time when the affliction falls. The Prophet's fever increased. And at that point, he could not stand up. He tried to stand to go into the masjid to pray the Maghrib prayer with them. But what happened? He fell, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to the ground and fainted. And then when he awoke, he said, please bring water. Seven irab, buckets of water, and spill them on me. In prophetic medicine, if you have a fever, your child has a fever, spill water on them. It'll make the fever go away, inshallah. Until the seventh bucket, Rasul then said, stop, stop. And then he grabbed a little towel and started placing water on his mouth and on his forehead. And he said the following words, La ilaha illallah. Subhanallah, inna lil la sakarat. How perfect is Allah. Truly, there is agony in death. Even Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam felt agony. At that point, Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr radiallahu anhu entered. And when he saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this pain, he said, Atu'aku wa'kan shadeedan ya Rasulallah. Are you feeling pain ya Rasulallah? You the messenger of Allah. Ar Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa I feel double the pain of what you, two of you strong men feel. He said to him, Does that mean that you have double the reward? He said, Yes. Not a single mu'min on the face of the earth who receives the prick of a needle of pain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expiates their sins as a result. Then he said, the most who were put to trial are the prophets, then those who are closest to them, then those who are closest to them after that. If Allah loves a servant, He puts him to trial. Because in that trial and in that pain, the sins are expiated. Your patience only increases you in Jannah. And so on the day of judgment, those who look at you and ask Allah, why do they go up high and we don't? Allah will say, because when I afflicted them with pain, they were patient and they called upon me. But you didn't. So they earn it rightfully and justly out of their own means, out of their own work. As a result of your own deeds. My brothers and sisters in Islam, that night, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was able to barely stand up. So he said, take me into the masjid. And the one who was leading the salat, who was it? In the absence of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. How? Al Rasul sallallahu asked Aisha, Allahu anhu. He said, Did the people pray yet? She said, Ya Rasulullah, they are waiting for you. Then he went unconscious again for a little while. Then he woke up again. 
And he said, did the people pray, Ya Aisha? She replied, they are waiting for you, Ya Rasulullah. So he called upon them to carry him inside. He saw them lining up and he said, Muru Aba Bakrin Falyusalli bin Nas. Call Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to pray Imam. Aisha radiallahu anha said, Ya Rasulullah, people are a little bit disturbed because Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu cries a lot in his salat and his voice is not very loud. Let Umar radiallahu anhu pray. His voice can be heard more. Rasul sallallahu repeated, Muru Aba Bakrin Falyusalli bin Nas. They repeated, but Ya Rasulullah, how about so-and-so? He repeated a third time, and this time he said, Yusuf. You are being like the women that betrayed Yusuf salam. Don't be like that. At that point, Abu Bakr anhu was called to pray, but they had to look for him. Why? Because he said, I did not want to take the position of Rasul Sallallahu while he's still living. So he was forced to pray Imam. When Rasul Sallallahu entered, Abu Bakr wanted to move back. So Prophet Sallallahu signaled as he came forward and he said, stay where you are. He ordered for a chair to be placed on the left side of Abu Bakr and the Prophet Sallallahu prayed Imam while Abu Bakr was next to him. These are all hints, my brothers and sisters in Islam about the virtue of Abu Bakr being the leader after Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After he finished the Aisha prayer, Rasul sallallahu stood up and he gave them the following words. I wonder what the first word of Rasul sallallahu would say. I wonder what he would open it up with. He said, Whoever of you I have harmed, Whoever of you I have taken something from and I haven't returned it. Today I give myself for anyone to take their right from me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive everything of his rights. It's possible. As for the rights of people, Allah does not forgive them. For they are not his rights, they are the rights of the people. So beware, my brothers and sisters, of taking the rights of others, even if it mean a slight backbiting in a joking manner. Be careful. Nobody said that they owed, Rasul Sallallahu owed them anything. But after the Salat, Rasul Sallallahu went down, and Rasul Sallallahu then went back up again. And one man said, Ya Rasulullah, you owe me three dinars. So he said to uh, Ibn Abbas, give him. So he gave him Al-Fudayl or Al-Fadl ibn Abbas. Then one man said, Ya Rasulullah, one time you slapped me on my stomach. The story of that was that Rasul Sallallahu was straightening the lines in the Salat and he said, And he went through them and he came to one of the men and his belly was a little bit outside. So he tapped it lightly, joking with him. Said, move this belly back, it's a head. Also indirectly giving him advice to go on a diet. So it was this man. He said to him, Ya Rasulullah, you hit me on my stomach one time. Rasul lifted his shirt and he said, take your revenge. So the man came and he kissed Rasul's belly. He said, Ya Rasulullah, 
I only did this because I wanted my mouth to be the last to kiss you. <laughs> Subhanallah. Now, or I just wanted my mouth to touch your body. Rasul then said, A man has been given an option between living on in this world or dying. And he has chosen to meet his Lord. Then suddenly, a man in the crowd burst into tears. And he said, Fidaka abi wa ummi ya Rasulullah. We sacrifice our mother and father for your sake, ya Rasulullah. They looked and it was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Amr ibn al-As said, or uh, Sa'id, uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu was there. He said, we were thinking, look at this old man. He's crying and wailing. And the Rasul is just speaking about a man who was given the option between living more or going to his Lord and he chose his Lord. Why is he crying like that? Then they heard the Prophet ﷺ reply and say, Every door of the masjid is closed except for the door of Abu Bakr. Whoever wants to enter, enters through the door of Abu Bakr Through his way. He is the door of the masjid after me. Everyone I have given the favors back except for the door of Abu Bakr I have not been able to close the favors between me and him. He has given me so much that I will pass from this world and I still have not given him what he has given me. That's when they realized that Rasul is farewelling. And when they realized that Rasul was going to die, they realized that Abu Bakr was certainly the most knowledgeable among them. After that, the Prophet ﷺ explained to them a long verse again about brotherhood, about unity, about obeying Allah and His Messenger, about looking after the Ansar. And he spoke so much about the Ansar that he said they're going to fall in number until they are like salt in a large cup of liquid among you. Look after them. Care for them. And he made a huge dua for the Ansar. And he made a huge dua for the Muhajirin. Then he stepped down, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and entered his home. It was the next day on a Thursday. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's pain increased. And he remembered that he had seven dananir, seven dinars. He said, Ya Aisha. I have seven dinars. Give them away to the needy. Then he went unconscious. He woke up. He said, Ya Aisha, did you give away the seven dinars? She said, Ya Rasulullah, we were busy with you. He said to her, What will your messenger say to Allah on the day of judgment when he meets him with seven dinars? Give the seven dinars away. He went unconscious. And then he came back a third time and said, have you given the seven dinars away? She said, yes, ya Rasulullah. He said, alhamdulillah. That night, Aisha radiallahu anha had to borrow from the neighbor a bit of milk just to feed those who were in the family, in the household. There was even, he had a shield from his weaponry that he gave to a Jew, to a Jew who Rasul owed something to. He gave it to them as an insurance or an assurance that his wealth will come to him, that if he didn't come to him, he will have this arm. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr at this time is leading the prayers. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is unable to pray with them. 
Every time he could get up, وسلم, he would look inside and come back to make sure the rows are fixed. And every time he saw the rows are straight, Rasul would be happy and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Rasul وسلم, could not walk and he could not speak. Uskit sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Upon him entered the brother of Aisha radiallahu anha. And he had with him a miswak. Rasul was looking at the miswak. And Aisha radiallahu anha being a wife who understands her husband well. She said to him, do you want the miswak ya Rasulullah? And he nodded. So she took the miswak and Rasul cleaned his teeth as good as he can. With a clean mouth, clean breath, clean teeth. You know the miswak? If I was not going to be a hardship upon my ummah, I would order them to use the miswak before every salah, to brush your teeth, to use the miswak. There's even a hadith which is sahih that the angels... They come closer to you in salat until, if you've used the miswak, until they place their mouth on your mouth and they take in your words of Qur'an. Rasul used the miswak. Then Aisha radiallahu anha grabbed the miswak after the Prophet and used it on her own teeth. She said, That was the last time I took the saliva of the Prophet and put it on my mouth. She said, I wanted his saliva to come to be a part of me. Why not? The Blessed sweat was more than musk. Rasul then at that point, she could hear him say some words. He said the following words. بَلْ مَعَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّيقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ However, it is with the prophets and the martyrs and the siddiqeen that I want to be with. Subhanallah. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of creation is saying, he wants to be with the prophets, with the righteous and with the siddiqeen. And he is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes. Even the messengers of Allah sallallahu alayhi afdalu salatu wa taslim were so humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even in their piety. Look at Yusuf alayhi salam saying something very similar. He said, Rabbi, tawaffani mu'minan wa alhiqni bis salihin. Ya Allah, O oh my Lord, let me die a believer wa alhiqni bis salihin and make me follow the righteous ones. Is there anyone more righteous than Yusuf alayhi salam? Is there anyone more righteous than the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And they are asking, oh our Lord, let us follow behind, with, even if we were the last people in the line, let us follow the Nabiyyin, the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, the righteous. Tawaffani Musliman wa alhiqni bis salihin. La ilaha illallah. When we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask Him with humbleness, my brothers and sisters in Islam. And never praise yourselves with piety. Remember your sins. Remember who you are. Remember what you were created from. Remember there are those better than you. Whoever is humble before Allah, Allah will lift them. The days passed. Rasul became more ill. 
However, on Sunday, Rasul felt a little bit better. So we asked for Al-Fadl ibn Abbas and Ali to carry him. They took him and he could speak. He opened the curtain and they were about to pray salat. He saw their lines straight, masfufa, shoulder to shoulder, straight lines. All the Muslims in a row. And this brought a beautiful smile to his face. Is that not the symbol of unity and brotherhood, my dear sisters and brothers? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when they saw him, the people were almost about to pray, but then they stopped. And they started to raise their voices in takbir. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is better. Abu Bakr was about to move. But Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, stay. And Abu Bakr prayed imam, while the Prophet was too weak to join them. He went back inside. He had to lie down again. Then he said the following words, and Aisha radiallahu anha could hear him. He was saying, No, it is the close friend, the high one that I want. He is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want him, the company of the highest. Aisha radiallahu anha understood that Rasul was being given the option between living or going. And he chose to go. There is another narration. Although I am not sure of its authenticity, the narration says that the Rasul Jibreel asked him, he said, this is the angel of death saying to you to support this hadith about Aisha radiallahu anha, that the angel of death sought his permission, as he did with all the prophets, and told him, if you want, you can live or you can live more, or you can go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. And Rasul looked at Jibreel for his advice. And Jibreel alayhi salam said to him, Allah misses you. Allah misses you. And that is when Aisha radiallahu anha said, that's when I heard him say, Bali Rafiq al-A'la, Bali Rafiq al-A'la. The next day, it was a Monday. The same day Rasul Sallallahu was born on, on a Monday. We don't know exactly which day, but it was on a Monday, according to the Sahih Hadith of Prophet Sallallahu And on the Monday was the day when Rasul Sallallahu departed. He was lying down, after Fajr, he had prayed with them, alhamdulillah. Entered the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he had gone back. It's going back to his house. And the Muslims, no one is left in the masjid. Yani not many people were going off now after sunrise. Rasul sallallahu entered to Aisha radiallahu anha. And he had a severe pain in his head. And his fever started again. So he sat down and placed his head on her sternum again. And she said, I felt the Prophet ﷺ uttering words of his love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I felt his body getting heavier and heavier. I looked at him and I saw his eyes looking up into the sky. The eyes follow the soul. 
الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم died. Yes, even الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم died. Aisha رضي الله عنها couldn't bear this. She placed him on the floor and ran outside of her house. The people could hear her. They knew that something was wrong. She said, Rasulullah, Rasulullah. The companions heard her and they raced back. What's happened? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has departed. There is no more wahi. There is no more Quran. There is no more Rasulullah. There is no more advice from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The world is nothing without him. There is no more blessing. Ar-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has left them. What are they going to do? He was like a mother to them, like a father to them. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, more than their own fathers, more than their grandfathers, more than their children, more than anything. Ar-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has departed the world with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The companions went into hysteria. Hysteria. They almost lost their minds. The companions said, Wallahi, there wasn't a sadder day than the day when the Prophet ﷺ departed. We could hear the Medina, it was like a thunder of cries and wails. Umar he stood with his sword, saying he is a hypocrite who says that the Rasul died. He did not die, and whoever says he dies, I will cut his neck off. Ali radiallahu anhu uskit, he could not speak anymore. Uthman radiallahu anhu couldn't feel his legs, he fell to the ground. Another companion said, Ya, ya Rabb, if this, if this news is true, then make me go blind. The narration says, Wallahu a'lam, that he went blind. He said, so I can see, I can see no one after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The whole Medina in cries and tears. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when he heard this, he ran back to Aisha radiallahu anhu. He entered the house. And the Rasul sallallahu was covered with a Yemeni piece of material, very simple. They had covered his face with it sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu took this cloth off and he began to weep until his tears fell on the cheek of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He kneeled down. And he kissed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's face and said to him, Tipta hayyan wa mayyitan, ya sahibi ya Rasulullah. You are so beautiful alive and so beautiful dead. My friend, my companion, ya Rasulullah. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said, I covered his face and he went outside. He stood up and saw the people in such hysteria. Only Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the true leader to set the people back on the track. He stood up and said to Umar radiallahu anhu, Ya Umar, uskut wajlis. Oh Umar, be quiet and sit down. But Umar radiallahu anhu would not listen. So then the people turned to Abu Bakr and came to him. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said the following famous words. Ayyuhannas, مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ مُحَمَّدٍ فَإِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا قَدْمًا وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتٍ But whoever loves Allah, then he is everlasting. He will never die. And he recited the following verse. 
وما محمد إلا رسول قد خلت من قبله الرسل أفإن مات أو قتلا قلبتم على أعقابكم ومن ينقلب على عقبيه فلن يضر الله شيئا وَسَيَجْزِي اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ And Muhammad is nothing but a messenger like all those messengers who have passed before him. If he was to be killed or died, will you turn against yourselves away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and lose yourselves? Whoever does so, Allah does not need them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward those who are grateful. At that point, all the Muslims fell to the ground. And they said, Wallahi, it is as if the Qur'an was being sent down upon us like the first day we ever received it. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu renewed it, subhanAllah. Truly, Rasul sallallahu knew who had to take it after him. Umar radiallahu anhu fell down. He said, I could not feel my feet. He said, it is as if I am hearing the Qur'an for the first time. That is when Umar radiallahu anhu said, I then admitted and knew that Rasul sallallahu truly, he has died. My brothers and sisters in Islam, the Adhan has now been called for Aisha. So I do not want to take more of your time. However, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the messenger of Allah. And his death only tells us that the only one whom we should direct our worship to and the only one we should rely on is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say he is Allah who should be your objective in the beginning and the end. No matter what we do, we worship someone. Either we worship money, or we worship ourselves, or we worship our time, or we worship our status, or we worship our family, or we worship our whatever we want to worship, our tribe. Anything that governs our life and makes us, makes it our primary goal in life and our primary purpose of living becomes our God. If our, if our work makes us deter us away from salat, our wealth deters us, us away from our obligation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever it is, my brothers and sisters, be careful. It becomes your objective of worship. So for this reason, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam truly, tarakana ala al-mahajjatil bayta. He left us on the clear white page. And he made this word. He said before he died sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the curse of Allah has been bestowed upon the Jews and the Christians because they made the graves of their prophets a place of worship and mosques. A place of worship, masjid. Do not take my grave as a place of worship. The whole message of all the prophets was to direct our worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one and only. And I know that we do not make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like this. But in the other way, Rasul sallallahu did say, it is not that you will worship other than Allah which I fear upon you. But the greatest fear that I fear upon you, O my Ummah, is that this world, this world will become wild upon you. And you will run after it and compete for it as those before you competed for it. Until it destroyed their hearts and destroyed them. Is this not our state today? Generally speaking, throughout the world. Is our brotherhood still there as it was before? 
Or did the dunya separate us? Are we just towards those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left as a trust in our hearts, in our lives, our wives and our children, and the wives towards their husbands and towards their children, towards our parents, towards our neighbors and so on? Do we uphold the trust that Allah has given us in our jobs, in our wealth, and in everything else which we have been entrusted with? Do we still follow nationalism and are prideful in our tribalism and in our color or in our background? Do we still claim superiority over one another because we claim that we are more superior in religion or that we know more Qur'an or that Allah favors, favors us more just by mere fact that I pray a few prayers or whatever? This is exactly what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's last words were about. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make him stand that position which he has promised, al-wasilat al-fadila, on the day when he will intercede for us, insha'Allah ta'ala. I ask Allah to make us among his ummah and to make us follow with the righteous, the martyrs, and the anbiya, was-salihin. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us drink from his blessed hand on the day of judgment, a drink which we will never be thirsty after that ever again. Sharbatan, haniatan, la nazma'u ba'daha abada. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our companion, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Jannah, and to allow us to see him subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, and unite us all together. I ask Allah that you and I are under a beautiful tree in Jannah where we can recall this day and recall these beautiful moments. Hada wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad صاحب الوجه الأنور والجبيه الأزور وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين هذا وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته